I feel like uh, after that introduction, everything will be downhill. <laughs> like, how do you live up to that? Like, I'm legendary. Let's uh, have like correct expectations, <laughs> right? Um, I'm so glad all of you are here. I, I think um, uh, I thought it's gonna add the fact that I'm saying this as a guest speaker. Maybe I should be glad the fact that I'm here. But you know, uh, I think God is so excited to see all of us gather. Uh, it just warms God's heart. Um, as I was thinking about speaking, I, uh, <laughs> somebody at work was like, hey, you're moving up. You started at children's ministry, now you're preaching. It's, it's good, right? And I was like, oh, man. Just, um, I think it's because this is my, my church. Um, I, do, I did also think it was kind of odd, the fact that I'm preaching. And I was like, you know, I do preach at different places, but because it's my own church, I kind of feel like I was like sitting and then Jason was like, oh, why don't you come up? You know, like one of those concerts where like, you know, John Mayer is like doing his thing. He's like, hey, you, come and sing with me, right? So I was like, I felt kind of like that. Uh, it's true, uh, I'm a doctor, but if you're sick, uh, you know, that's not, like, you know, kids always make fun of like, you know, my, my friend's kids like, yeah, my dad's a doctor, but not like a real one. <laughs> if, you're in, if you're in like a plane, you're like, oh, we need a doctor, like, no, I can't. I can't help you, right? So, uh, well, anyways, uh, let's, uh, let's pray, and then we'll get started. Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing to you and bring us great joy. Pray in Jesus' name, amen. Um, uh, in the, in the, we kind of prayer meeting right before, I was like, oh, so Daniel, what are you preaching on? And I was like, um, the, the topic or, or the title is, why are we here? And, uh, she was like, you mean like, why are we here? And I was like, no, no, no I don't mean like by that, like existential, like, why do we exist? <laughs> No, I mean, like, why are we here, like, on Sunday morning, right? That's basically what I'm talking about. So let me read Scripture, and then let's kind of talk about this. So Scripture reading comes from 1 John, um, second part of uh, uh, chapter 4, verse 16. And I'll start from here. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God, and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence in the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There's no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because love has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Why are we here? If you grew up in church, you know that uh, the, the, the word for church or ecclesia basically means people who are called out. Actually, church is not really a building or even like something we do, but it's basically why, you know, a place that you belong to, right? It's basically what it means to be what church is. But, I mean, seriously, like why do we gather every Sunday? It's basically what I'm, I want to talk about. Um, because I've heard so many interesting things over the years, and I think it's, I want you to kind of think with me, okay? So a couple of years ago, um, 
uh, I was talking to a friend. He said, you know what? You know what? You know what church is like? I mean, joking around, a pastor friend said, well, you know, like, Sunday morning, people gather because there's a lot of, this is L.A., and after, like, clubbing on Sunday, Saturday night, they come to church to, like, feel, you know, like, appease God, right? And so there's that kind of thinking, like, making God feel like, hey, like, kind of a cosmic obligation, right? Um, uh, a couple of years ago when I was uh, pastoring, this guy said, you know what, like, my dad, um, comes to church after the service is over and when they have lunch. And he goes, he goes, he goes very faithfully because my grandma always says, did you go to church? He says, I did. Right? For him, it's like, this is what I have to do. And the reason why he goes to church is because this is like, grandma's on a call every Sunday. Right? And be like, did you go to church? And I was like, I think there's some people who think that way. Like it's part of like it's part of like growing up, and it's part of the obligation. And your parents say, "Did you go to church?" And you'd be like, "This is what I have to do." Uh, a friend of mine said, um, "We're we're Koreans, so being Korean means the fact that you go to church." And I was like, "That's a weird way of thinking about it." There's actually all these different ways of how people think. And I was like, well, that's definitely weird because obviously that's not how you think about going to church. Um, you could think of it as like you go to church because you want to give God worship. And sometimes when, when some worship leaders lead worship, they'll say, hey, um, put aside everything you have. This is a place where you give God all the service and worship, right? The worship that God deserves. And I was like, eh, that really, because God doesn't really need our worship. God doesn't need anything, right? I mean, God doesn't really need our worship in the sense of like uh, God, God wants to spend time with, of us, with us, but God doesn't need our worship. Because God has angels to do whatever God wants. Why are we here? There's a way of thinking about worship where you feel like you, you owe God something. And we're here because we're supposed to give God, uh, God, what, God what we own God. And God's going to be happy about that. But that's not really what we're, we're doing. And actually, when we look at the text, it says there's no fear in love. This is not God's love is abounding. We're not here because we have to make sure that we give God what God needs, desires and needs. Um, so, uh, if that's not how we think about God worship, maybe this is the way we should really think about worship. I was at a retreat, and I shared this morning. Um, I was at a retreat, and uh, uh, the preacher was, was, this is like a long time ago, and the preacher was talking about the fact that, you know what? Our parents sacrifice so much, right? And he goes, your parents can sacrifice so much. And um, some of you can't even, like, study. And I was like, man, that's, that really cuts deep. And, he, and then he goes, and then he goes, you know what? God died for you, but you can't even do your quiet time. And the kids start weeping. 
And I was like, oh my gosh, what happened, right? And I was like, oh, that works, right? That works. And then I thought about it a little bit. I was like, because, you know, I'm a theologian. I was like, wait a minute. That's really, like, messed up, <laughs> right? That's really messed up because now every time these kids think about the cross, they feel terrible. They're like, yes, I am failing. Because, you know, like, I, thought, I think about this as a, kid, as a kid, like, even when I was growing up, I was like, you know, when pa- your parents, like, sacrifice a little bit, like, you feel like you feel bad if you don't, like, measure up, in a sense. But if your parents die for you, like, how do I measure up to that? Like, I got to be, like, freaking president or something, right? How do you measure up to that? Uh, a friend of mine, uh, doing university staffing, he said he was at a retreat, and th- these, they were singing this worship song. Like, I grew up this worship song by Tim Hughes. It was, it was called, like, uh, Here I am to worship, here I am to bow down, right? Uh, if you know. And the chorus goes like this. He goes, I'll never know how much it costs to see my sins upon the cross, right? And so it's like, oh, I've sinned so much, and that's basically why Jesus died. And he was saying that at this retreat, they were singing this song like for two hours. It was like, I'll never know how much it costs to see my sins across. And he was like, just repeats of weeping. Like people are like weeping over and over again. And I was like, and I was like, there's some truth here, but this is not how you do it. It like it's gone off. Sometimes people can think about what we do in worship or even why we come to church as though we're paying God back. And one of the analogies that I think about is like, you know, okay, my my parents, because you know, I'm not good older generation and my parents were immigrants and they didn't have like a, like a, they didn't have they didn't have a lot of things but they didn't actually have like a retirement plan so you know you know what is the retirement plan like you're looking at the retirement plan like I am the retirement plan <laughs> right like me but oh but it turns out that I can't even because I'm a pastor I'm a poor so like it turns out my brother is a retirement plan right so as he, he's a retirement plan and I think if you think of it that way, when you think about par- that analogy of like parental sacrifice, <clears throat> like it totally falls apart because God's not giving, like I'm not God's retirement plan. Like God doesn't need something from me. That's not why God loves and the sacrifice. I don't have to take care of God. So that's not what we're doing. But it's weird because people think they're paying God back. And I'm like, how would you pay God back? How much would you have to do to pay God back? This is not what's happening. So what, and if you think about worshiping or serving God that way, it can be incredibly exhausting. Let me tell you, um, why, even though God doesn't need anything, God commands us to love God? Because there's a lot of commands, as you know, right? And there's all these things that commands. But God doesn't need these things, so what, God, what does God do it, right? I was going to call up my daughter, but I was like, no, she'll kill me, basically. So I'm going to call up Jason to come up and help me. Jason's going to be like a prop. So, 
Come on up. Uh, stand right over here, right? Don't worry, I'm not going to do anything vile to you, right? So one of, one of the metaphors and analogies that theologians have used is the fact that, think about this, like, um, uh, look, look, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hug Jason, okay? All right, come here. Don't, yeah. I'm going to hug Jason, right? Now, it turns out, Jason is not receiving any of the benefits of my hug. Why? Because to receive a hug, you have to hug back. To receive love, you have to love back. That's why God says love. God's love, so God's love is just there all the time, right? God's like, I love you, right? It's there constantly. But some of us don't enjoy any of the benefits of that. That's why God's like, so God's like, <laughs> thank you, thank you, Jason. <laughs> this is one of the reasons why I'm so, as a theologian, I'm always clarifying, like, it's just misconceptions. Because people feel like, hey, doesn't God need something from, like, God doesn't need anything. But there's a reason why God commands certain things. Because God's love is always there, but if you don't receive, and if you don't enjoy the benefits of it, the benefits of all that stuff, it makes no difference in your life. Right? So that's one of the reasons why we sing. God doesn't need worship. It's like God's, like God's not some insecure person. Oh, tell me I'm good. Tell me I'm amazing. Right? Because it's like, oh, I don't know. So just, today I woke up and I feel very bad. So can you tell me how amazing I am? Right? You are amazing. Right? That's no, God's not like that at all. You do, you're worshiping because when you worship, you remind yourself and you enjoy the benefits of feeling that love for God. And feeling God's love for you. That's what we do what we do. Right? It's not because you better do it. Because your mama says, if you don't do it, you're a bad person. You better do it. If you don't come to church every Sunday, something bad might happen to you. Because you're not putting God first. That is not what's happening. God's love is fundamentally there. But if you don't enjoy the benefits of it, it makes no difference in your life. Now, for us, instead of thinking about um, God's love in some, uh, you know, or, or coming to church, church on Sunday morning uh, as some kind of an obligation or some kind of a duty, uh, one way of thinking about what we do every Sunday is to think about it as coming home. It's the experience of home. Right? You come, I mean, not like, like a, I mean, I don't know what your homes are like, but sometimes home doesn't feel at home. I mean, you know what I'm talking about? Like, oh my gosh, you know? <laughs> like, sometimes your parents are like, okay, they drive me crazy. It doesn't feel like at home. But like the idea of a home, okay? Like where you come, and you feel 
at peace. Where you feel like you're loved. We are here because we are recovering orphans. And every week, we get beat up with lies about who we are, and we feel like an orphan. Right? You know, I'm, I'm like a little bit older than some of you, and, you know, I don't have much hair. I will assure you I had a great set of hair. I was looking at the picture a couple, of years, I mean, a couple of days ago, and I was like, man, I had good hair. Now it's all gone, right? So I feel sad about that. But, like, even me, like, I feel sometimes just very insecure. Like, about who I am. And, you know, that's, that's what, like, social media would do to you. Like, you know, I'm like, I wrote some books, but then there's this other guy who wrote 10 books, and I'm like, well, I mean, I feel bad, right? So there's just no end to feeling bad. Right? There's no end to the lies you have. And there's no end to like, when I, even sometimes it's with other people. They make you feel bad. Sometimes I just feel bad. I make myself feel bad. Like, come on, Daniel, get myself together. <laughs> right? And after all that stuff, it's getting beat up. It's getting beat up. We come. And on Sunday morning, what's supposed to happen is you feel like you're at home. You feel like, hey, you are the beloved child of God. This week, you feel like crap because of whatever's happening. You have the crazy boss that's killing you something, right? Who knows what's happening? The mother's yelling at you, whatever. You come over here and you're like, I feel like I'm at home. That's what we're doing every Sunday, right? Every Sunday, the lies and struggles of the world and all the distractions you have makes you feel like you're an orphan. Sometimes I buy stuff because I feel empty. And my daughter was like, man, you're, I mean, like, you know, like Amazon's like ruined my life, right? Because I'm like, I can always buy something. I'm like, <laughs> last night I was like, what should I buy on my list? What do I need? <laughs> my daughter was like, can you say what do you want and not what you need? Because you don't need those things, Dad, right? And it's like sometimes you feel empty. You feel like an orphan, and you buy stuff to feel that. Sometimes you look like an orphan, and you do stupid stuff. That orphan feeling just goes deep, right? And you come on Sunday morning, do you feel like you're at home? Um, when I, uh, so my kids are older now, the youngest, the oldest is like, um, I'm talking to like the people back there in the corner, like half asleep, <laughs> sleep deprived with the kids, right? You're like, oh my gosh, you know? Uh, and I, I want to say for all of you parents back there who made it to church, man, like give yourself like a hand, right? You made it. You made it because, because. You know, half the time, when I had little kids, I was like, oh, like half, like, if like one, one kid's sick, what's the point? One kid's sick, like you stay at home and the other kid's like running around, I'm going to ch ch chase the after that kid. Like there's no point in coming home. Or I think half the week, we just, like half the year, we just miss church because somebody's sick. Like, you know, like little kids are like little germ fest. They just bring all the germs from school, right? They touch everything and they get everybody sick. 
Well, I was thinking about this, and I, I, I thought about Sunday morning, and this is actually how it feels like sometimes. Um, when you have like a toddler, um, <laughs> parents know, when they get overtired, or because you, your parents and you kind of, you kind of like was distracted, you were distracted and you missed, the, you missed the time when you're supposed to put them to bed, and now they're like wired now, and you can't soothe them because they're wired. And they won't sleep. They're like little demon babies. Like, ah, like, <laughs> what do I do with this baby, right? I, I think often this is how we are. We're just totally wired. And we're having a hard time calming down and being soothed. And so we come on Sunday morning, and it's time for you to be soothed by God. God's like, there, there. It's okay. Calm down, right? Stop watching Netflix, right? I mean, some of you, you don't even watch Netflix. You just flip through. And it's like for two hours. Because you, you're so wired, you can't calm down to watch stuff, right? Calm down, and this is where you're soothed. Um, it, one of the things you learn about uh, when you learn about parenting and um, learn about relationships, and I do a lot of like interdisciplinary research, and I do like, this research called like uh, I do psychological research as well, right? Because even though I'm a theologian, um, there's this whole field of like study in psychology called attachment theory. Okay, this is what the idea is. So attachment theory basically means this. Like, uh, there's a bunch of scholars named, like, what, like, um, like John Bowlby and other people. Basically, realize this. When you, as a, as a baby, are, are, are emotionally attached to your parents, that becomes the model and the example of your future relationships. That kind of makes sense, right? So when you are, are securely attached to your parents, right, or your caregiver, that tells you, oh, when I give my love to somebody else, they'll reciprocate and it'll be good. Right? And part of what they do is, is a thing called uh, your parents kind of become a secure base. So, like, for, for example, well, back there, right? So when you have, like, little toddlers and they're securely attached to you, this is what they'll do. They'll, they, they'll, they'll be happy when they see you, but then, like, when, you, when you're with them, They'll, they'll, they'll be able to wander because they're like, they know you're going to be there. So they like, they, they go and they look back, mom's there. They'll wander. We're like, oh, okay. Come back to the home base. Oh, I'm secure. And because you're really secure, you can wander and do everything. Kids are really vibrant. They experiment, do all this different stuff and they come back, they're secure base. Some of us, I mean, a lot of us, actually, we don't have that. Because of that, like I said, churches end up feeling like a group of, like, recovering orphans. We don't have the secure base. So we have a hard time developing relationship with people who are there. We have a, we have a love relationship when you grow up. And when you're a parent, you have, a, you have, a, you have difficulty. And what, what God is saying to us is this. 
God's saying, it's a secure base that I give you, that I adore you, that I cherish you. And we, as a community, learn how to become something other than just totally orphans. For me, um, in my own journey, um, there's been moments where I felt like just my life is like falling apart. I remember this one time, like I was a couple years out of college, and I was thinking about grad school, and I mean, I don't know what happened. Like, there were certain things about grad school that just didn't work out, or I was applying for, I was thinking about applying for grad school, but I realized it wasn't going to work out. So I just felt totally dejected. And I remember telling my mom about it, and I was like, Mom, like, I just, I just don't know what's going to happen with, with this whole thing, and it's just not working out. I'm kind of stuck in where I am. And I remember my mom saying, you're good. Like, I'm never, I never asked you to do all this different stuff. You're good. You're my son. I adore you. There's a way, there's a way um, that my mother looks at me that, uh, and I understand it now as a parent. There's a way where my mother looks at me where I, the best way of describing it is that, like she, uh, she like, shines her face upon me. And this is basically what it is. I'm like, it's almost like, she's like, I just adore you. Like, I just, I just, I'm so happy that you're here. You exist. And, uh, you know, I'm not, like, I'm not young. But even now, when she looks at me, she just looks at me like, I just love the fact that you exist. I just love the fact that you are my son. My, uh, so my Korean name is uh, Tonghu, and when I was a kid, I couldn't say it. And so um, I would say Toya. And so I'm old, but she'll still say, oh, my Toya, right? And she'll just adore me. And for me, I think growing up with that gave me so much security. When we come here and you realize God adores you, God shines God's face upon you. Not because of what you've done. Who knows what this week was? Who knows how you're struggling or whatever not? Just as you are, God just shines God's face upon us. That's, and then later on, after campus ministry, and after I was in campus ministry, after I was grad school, there's a whole spread of life when I realized, oh my gosh, this pastoral ministry has gotten going on the tubes. Like, just really, really hard time. Like, total, like, parts where I was like, I'm, I'm kind of failing here. And I really felt bad because, like, once again, I was like, oh, I wanted to do well because I want my mom to feel good about, you know, feel like her all sacrifice meant something. And she's like, no, it's all good. Who you are. It's, I, you don't need to do anything for me. That delight is basically what we're doing every Sunday. You are remembering who you really are. The reason why uh, a Sunday morning kind of uh, connects with Sabbath, and Sabbath is about rest, is not what you do. Sabbath is supposed to rest and do nothing, right? 
It's because when you rest, you're not performing. You're not serving or doing anything else. All you're doing is just existing. And God's like, and you're remembering who you are. That you belong to God. You're not an orphan. Whatever happens in life, you belong to God. And because of that secure base, you can love and share that with other people. When you... Um, when, the, when Scripture talks about the fact that there's no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, whatever fear you might have about your own self, whatever fear you might have about who God is, God says, that's not what this is about. I love you first. And God's love always comes to our first. God is the very source of love. There's no place where we have to give God back anything it's the fact that when God commands, we're supposed to receive God's love back and really delight in that love. So when you miss church, it's not like, oh my gosh, I should get my life together or I should go to church. Every, when you miss church, you'd be like, I miss, I miss God. I miss being in a place where I am accepted and adored and affirmed for who I am. That's basically what should happen, right? I hope uh, when we come to church, we will feel our orphan spirits be, uh, be done away with and filled and reminded once again the fact that you belong to God. I hope that as, you, as we come on Sunday morning, that you will experience God calming you as you feel like an over, like exhausted toddler through this week. That God says, look, it's all right. I'm with you. I adore you. I hope that as we, as a community, spend time with God, that God will become a secure base for us so that as we interact with each other, that we will grow to be less of a recovering orphan and more like sons and daughters, brothers and sisters. Um, the kind of God that you have and you imagine is the kind of people that you belong to. Belong. I mean, you, be, you become, right? So as you feel like God's an abundance of love, you will become a gracious and loving person, right? Uh, let's, uh, let's, let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we pray that on a regular basis we will remember your face shining upon us, that that love will ground us, that love will make us secure in who we are, that love will overflow to people around us. 
take away all the feelings of uh, duty or obligation, but they become desperate to be filled with your gracious love. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen.